Hey, hey, Cubs fans, and welcome to this edition of Cubs on Tap. I am your host for tonight, Ron Luce. It is September 8th. It is a Sunday night as I'm recording this because I personally just got back from Milwaukee um, watching the Cubs play today. Uh, awesome experience. Uh, great ballpark, may I add. Um, <clears throat> don't like the team that obviously plays there, but uh, uh, just a great day being up at the ballpark, getting to experience a new ballpark for me. Um, and cool, this was the first ever game I also saw the Cubs um, as the road team. Uh, so that was, that was a new experience as well. Um, but welcome, welcome, welcome to this edition of Cubs on Tap. Um, was not a good one today, guys. Not, not great, Bob. And, uh, I'm sure my, my aggravation is going to kick up here at some point. So this is actually probably going to become a very entertaining episode, um, despite it being a loss, but the Brewers beat the Cubs today eight to five and take officially take three out of four in this series. Um, so a series win for the Brewers brings them within two games of the Cubs, both in the wild card and in the divisional standings. Um, the Cubs now fall to 76 and 66 on the season uh, after the 8-5 loss. Um, Suter, uh, who came in, I believe he pitched two innings officially, um, giving you that statistic right now. Yes, he came in and did uh, two innings of relief um, for Hauser uh, today. And got the win. Uh, it was his first win on the season. It was for his first uh, decision of any kind um, to affect his record on the year. So he's now 1-0 on the year. Um, John Lester is your losing pitcher today, which oh, we're going to get into at some point here. Um, he was 12-10 and 10 now on the season. And Josh Hader officially gets the save today, um, which was his 29th of the season uh, with the Milwaukee Brewers. So... Um, let's start with the lineup. The lineup I liked today, um, uh, it was a little interesting. Uh, no Chris Bryant today was pretty much the big headline, uh, outside of obviously Baez not being there, but the, all the regulars were back. Uh, the lineup looked at least a little similar to what, um, you know, if you have or haven't listened to Northside 9 yet, please do. Uh, we spoke to Dom Frederick about it and we kind of, um, discussed kind of this being the optimal lineup or very close to it at least, um. With myself and, uh, and and Brian Mishler. So, uh, Zobrist led off today and played second base. Schwarber was in left batting second. Castellanos in right batting third. Rizzo at first batting fourth. Contreras was batting fifth catching. Sixth was Hayward in center field. Seventh was Russell at short. Eighth was Bodie originally at third base. And ninth was Lester, the pitcher for today. So, originally looked um, looked like it was a decent lineup. Um, early on in the game, things did not look good, though. Um, not great, Bob, let me tell you. Um, you know, Milwaukee gets bases loaded with no outs. Uh, the first, you know, three batters reach, um, two of them via a walk. It just, it was ugly. I was not happy. I was very frustrated. You could ask my friend who was with me today in Milwaukee. I was very, very, very frustrated with, um, John Lester in the first inning. He had no command of anything. Uh, he just didn't look like he was present, um, and thankfully, um, you know, he gets Ryan Braun to ground into a double play. Uh, it does allow a run to score, uh, but that was it. That was the only run to score in the situation. So the fact that they got out of a bases loaded, no out situation with just giving up one run at the time, I still was concerned admittedly, just because the offense had not been great lately. Um, but I guess, you know, best case scenario, really given the, the circumstances, obviously best case scenario is no runs given up, but 
more often than not, that doesn't happen very often. So it looked okay. Um, then John began to settle down. I mean, Hauser looked really good early on. Um, looked really good early on. He, he cruised through the first two innings with absolutely no issues. Um, and then uh, John looked like he settled in. Then in the bottom of the second, he looked a lot better. Um, and things started to look a little up at least. And then in the third inning, the Cubs um, turned it around a little bit for themselves and, and got some things going. So a very scary moment today. Uh, Addison Russell gets just plunked in the head. Um, helmet falls off. He he is um, he has. They officially diagnosed it as I want to say a nose contusion. So AKA he has a bruised nose. Um, he did bleed. Um, they were actually shoveling the, his bloody dirt off of the uh, off of where he had pretty much fallen to his knees. Yes, officially is a nasal contusion. So I was looking that up as I was sitting here talking. So he was evaluated for a concussion, and I can attest to that. They gave him all the same tests. I have been t- tested for a concussion before as well. Uh, so I joked with my buddy. It was a little bit of uh, a flashback moment for myself, watching them do the follow the finger test and move your neck in all directions and, you know, I'm sure they asked him the common questions. What day is it? Where are you? You know, what number do you wear? What are you doing right now? Things like that. So, um, sounds like no concussion. So that's, that's a good sign, but, uh, a nasal contusion is certainly not fun uh, to deal with. But so Addison Russell reaches on a hit by pitch. And I joked with, with my friend today that I was at the game with initially about this, but I think it actually has some legitimacy to it. Hauser looked rattled after hitting Russell. Um, he really did, uh, because on the, on, I, I think it was the next pitch after Russell finally gets to first base. I think, I think it was the second pitch of the at bat Russell steals second, which nobody on the Brewers was expecting. I mean, he just got hit in the head. You know, I don't think anybody expected him to be stealing a base, but he did. Uh, and then I believe it was just the next pitch or two pitches later, potentially David Bodie, um, singles into right field. And scores Russell. So, okay, things are looking all right. Um, and Hauser began to fall apart. I mean, he really did. Um, you know, Bodie, um, I believe Bodie was scored with a, it was a double, I want to say, for Bodie, wasn't it? I'm just, I'm just checking this here, ladies and gentlemen. Um, I don't recall. No, it wasn't a two-bagger for Bodie. So it was, it was just a, a single uh, for, for David Bodie. Um, but I'm sorry, I'm just recalling everything from today. It was a long day, ladies and gentlemen, a lot of frustration. So it clouded my judgment at times. Okay. David Bodie gets a, gets a single. He's on first base drives and Russell next batter. John Lester doubles into the, the right field corner for anybody that was watching today just was just absorbing baseballs all day long. I feel like for the first, probably four innings of the game, every major hit for both teams, was in that right field corner. Nicholas Castellanos was, had a ton of balls come his direction, as did Christian Yelich. Um, but John Lester, he gets a double into that corner, and and Bodie scores all the way from first base uh, to give the Cubs a two one lead. So John doing his thing at the at the dish, uh, which was very encouraging given um, how he had looked in that first inning on the mound. Zobrist in his next uh, in his you know at bat he goes a uh, you know and gets. Um, a single as well, or excuse me, a double, and he drives in Lester. So now it's 3-1 Cubs. Things are looking up, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, our friends at Second City Picks, who you guys are going to get to hear more from here shortly, um, actually tweeted me while I was at the game today, telling me that 
you know, if they hang on to this thing, you need to go to every single Cubs road game. And I was like, oh, well, yeah, that would be lovely. Trust me. But um, <laughs> let's just say they didn't hold on to it, obviously. So um, nothing then for Milwaukee in the bottom of the third. So things are looking good. Cubs are up 3-1. Um, Milwaukee gets through uh, the fourth inning. Hauser gives up nothing. Uh, no, no damage then in that fourth inning. But then Milwaukee goes ahead and blows it open in the in the bottom of the fourth. Um, five total runs scored today for the Brewers in that inning. It was uh, absolutely ugly. So to start the inning, um, you know, guys are getting on. I believe Christian Yelich gets on. Um, and just things go downhill, man. It wasn't fun. It's like it's getting to the point where I don't even want to talk about it. Legitimately don't even want to talk about it. But here we are. Uh, Ryan Braun uh, officially doubled um, and scored Christian Yelich, which made it just a one-run game then at the time. And then Hernan Perez came up and hit a line drive to right. Like I said, a lot of a lot of opposite field. Everything was going to right field early on in this game. Um, and that ties it. Uh, Braun scores on the play. Um, they almost get Braun, uh, or excuse me, they on that first, on the Braun double, they almost got Yelich. Um it was actually a really nice relay play from from Castellanos to Zobrist uh, to home plate. It's just Yelich is so fast. I mean, he's a great base runner, so uh, he scored with no problem. But then Braun scores on the on the Perez single, and then um, Corey Spangenberg gets on, uh, David Friedis gets on, and then Tyler Austin comes up and hits just a rocket uh, to left center and gives the Brewers the six three lead. I had to watch their damn mascot slide down that damn slide. My buddy was laughing at me. My buddy's a Sox fan, but my buddy was just laughing at me because I told him early on in the game, I'm like, if I have to see that damn mascot slide down that slide today, I'm going to be furious. And I was not happy. Let's put it that way. I was very, really not happy. Um, but thankfully, then John gets out of any more damage, um, and the Brewers take that 6-3 lead uh, later into the game. Um, John continues to work. Um Ultimately, then is this is about the same time, um, <clears throat> excuse me, when when Suter came into the game for the Brewers and, and pitched his two innings. Um, but the rest of the official scoring, so in the bottom of the sixth, uh, Eric Thames hits a just rocket to center field uh, to make it a seven-three Milwaukee lead at that point. And mind you, uh, John Lester was still in the game. Um, after that, Corey Spangenberg tripled, and that was ultimately the end of Lester's day. Uh, sadly, though, Tyrone Taylor came in um, or, and faced uh, Dwayne Underwood, who came in in relief of John Lester, and scored Spangenberg to make it 8-3. And then, uh, just although it didn't matter, Hayward actually had a really nice day today. He had two hits. He had a double himself, um, but nobody could plate him. Uh, in in the middle of the game, and then later in the game, he had a two-run home run in the bottom of the ninth, which ultimately got us to our 8-5 final um, with Milwaukee taking this one today. Um, You know, like I said, pitching-wise, Milwaukee, Hauser only went four today, struck out six, but he gave up those three runs. Um, Suter pitched two innings, pitched two really good innings. He only gave up one hit um, in those two innings. He didn't walk any or, and didn't allow any runs to score. Uh, Jackson came in for a third of an inning and then Pomeranz came in for two thirds, uh, in the seventh Claudio pitched the eighth. 
Uh, Nelson came in in the ninth and gave up the two-run home run to Hayward, and then Hayter came in and closed out uh, the inning with two strikeouts in his um, two-thirds of an inning that he pitched to get the save today. So um, that was Milwaukee's pitching. From a Cubs aspect, uh, John Lester's official line was five and a third, seven hits, eight runs, all earned, three walks, seven strikeouts. I'm just disgusted by it. Um, yes, the one run did score off of Underwood, but it was charged to Lester because Spangenberg on third base was responsibility of Lester. Uh, Underwood won two thirds, gave up, uh, just one hit, walked one, struck out two, uh, but charged with no runs and didn't technically give up any runs today. Uh, Hudson, who was recalled, I want to say yesterday, um, he came in and pitched a full inning. Um, he gave up one hit and, um, but struck out the side. Uh, which was was pretty impressive. Um, other than that, and so and then Stropy, uh, Pedro Strope came in, walked one, uh, but got through the inning otherwise clean in the eighth. So um, the bullpen not awful today. The bullpen really didn't do anything wrong today. Uh, John Lester just looked absolutely terrible, ladies and gentlemen, just brutal. I'm telling you, he couldn't spot anything. And you know, I was we were sitting behind home plate. We were, we were higher up, but you could at least see kind of where pitches were coming in. And, you know, John Lester's most deadly when he can get that cutter working on the corners, right? When he can work the two sides of the plate. The two corners, that's when he's most efficient. He could not work those corners today. Now, whether it was the, the umpire squeezing him or just him not being able to hit his spot, I don't know what it was, but uh, he struggled mightily today. And really, John Lester, ever since the month of August has started, has not been the same pitcher he was earlier in the year. Uh, this was a guy at one point who, you know, we were like, wow, he's an angel's wonder. He's going to continue to pitch well late into the, this late into his you know career. Um, I think we're starting to see time catch up with him a little bit, admittedly. And it's, it's just absolutely frustrating. Uh, it just frustrates the absolute crap out of me. I, I'm almost getting sick and tired of watching John Lester pitch. And I hate to say that. I really do. I absolutely hate to say that. I will never deny what John Lester has done for this team and the length of this contract that he's been here in Chicago. And I will forever love John Lester. Do not get me wrong. But right now, at this point in time, when we're fighting for our playoff lives, and by me, by we, I mean they, with the Cubs fighting for their playoff lives, how, like, I, it, just infuriating. You know, Cole is seeing, you know, Cole Hamels is starting to, to seem like his play's taking a dip as well. You know, they really can only rely on three pitchers right now. And that's Quintana, Darvish, and, and Hendricks. And Darvish can, uh, you know, apparently according to Joe can only pitch five innings. And then the bullpen blows it after he looks fantastic early on in, in his start. You know, Quintana's looked really good lately. I've been very, very pleased with Jose Quintana. You know, Hendricks has struggled struggled at times, but overall this season, he's been very good. The bullpen has been a lot better, even with the injuries. You know, overall, at least. I mean, guys like Dwayne Underwood Jr., I think he needs to be pitching more. He's been spectacular. I'm excited to know that he's going to be in the bullpen next year. This Holtzen guy looked good today. You know, Strope looked good. That The one uh, Hick guy looks nice, you know. It's it's almost these it's almost these old guys that Joe overuses that are are struggling. You know, Roman Wick is I think finally starting to struggle because he gets used so often now. You know, Steve Ciszek is is up and down at times. Um, 
you know, Kyle Ryan, I think, is starting to feel the, the wear and tear of being used so much by Joe. It's like, you know, Joe needs to, he's got the bullpen depth, you know, and just because some of these guys aren't huge big names doesn't mean you can't, you know, give them the ball more often. I like Dwayne Underwood Jr. I don't know about anybody else. I would love to hear what, what you listeners think. But I think Dwayne Underwood Jr. is going to be a really nice relief pitcher for this team going forward. I think he can become a consistent seventh inning guy for this team. And, you know, if that means guys like Kyle Ryan and Roman Wick can take the eighth and play matchups or whatever, and then you have Kimbrell in the ninth going forward, hopefully he kind of regains his stuff um, with a full, you know, spring training and things like that. That would be great. I mean, this team could be really, really good. You know, coming out of the pen. So... I'm just, I'm infuriated by this team. They're just, they're choking away their playoff chances. I I hate to say it. They're not showing up when they need to. Pitching has not been where it needs to be. You know, and and I I highly recommend everybody, please go listen to Northside 9, our sister show. I'm a regular co-host on there. Um, you know, regular, uh, regular voice on Cubs on Tap as well. Brian Mishler is now a regular co-host on there as well. Um, you know, I, I, my two guys, uh, James Jacobson and, and Justin Hunter, um, you know, are still involved in some ways. Uh, I know their voices have been absent for a little while. They've both got a lot going on, uh, in their personal lives. So, you know, they're tending to that as they need to. So, you know, go show us some love. You know, we just put out episode 17 today, actually, um, on September 8th this morning, but you know, we, we kind of talked about this and you know, the way they're playing right now, it just, it has this feeling like they don't want to make the playoffs. And if they keep this up, I hate to say it, they're probably not going to make the playoffs. And I know that's probably going to piss off a lot of Cubs fans. You know, Ron, how can you say that? Like guys, we got to be real here. You know, I, 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 I try to be as optimistic as possible when I can. But this team has lost three in a row to a division rival, which division games, especially now in the month of September, are very important because guess what? This is your entire schedule for the month of September outside of the next four games against the Padres. From here on out after this Padres series ends Thursday afternoon, they see Pittsburgh, Cincinnati, St. Louis, Pittsburgh, St. Louis. With all of those being three-game series, except the first St. Louis series, it's a four-game series at Wrigley. With an off day in between the Cardinals series and the first Cardinals series and the second Pirate series. That's all NL Central teams from here on out. And thank goodness the, the Reds and Pirates are bad, but like the Reds play the Cubs hard every single year. It doesn't matter how bad their team is. Pittsburgh, I think, has finally just fallen apart, so hopefully those are six wins for the Cubs. Quite frankly, they're probably going to need all six of those wins at this point. And then those seven games against the Cardinals are the most important seven games, in my opinion, of September. I mean, yes, at this point, they're all important, but if you don't capitalize on the fact that you can more or less swing the standings by two games with every win, it's going to be bad. It's, it's, It's it's just really infuriating, guys. Trust me, I I am, you know, as Cubs fans, we have to take a step back a lot, right? And think, wow, you know, this this five year run that they've been on right now since 2015, the 2015, 16, 17, 18, and now 19 seasons, 
are probably the, the five golden years of Cubs baseball in this team's existence, quite frankly. You know, but after you get one, you want more. And you want to see this team succeed. This team has the talent. I would argue in the NL Central, this is the most talented team from top to bottom. I would say maybe Milwaukee gives them a run for their money on paper. But like St. Louis just, I, I was telling, again, telling my buddy today, you know, we were having a very deep discussion on that two ride out or two hour car ride up to uh, Milwaukee this, this morning. St. Louis literally just, you know, <clears throat> breeds guys out of AAA. You've never heard of them before and they come up and they become contributors. And it's amazing and it, it's mind boggling to be completely frank. You know, so they're deciding to be one of the best teams in baseball right now. You know, so it's just like, I don't know. It's infuriating. It really is. Positive news. I guess we can talk something positive here. Every team in the NL Central is significantly better at home than they are on the road. And that's just a fact. Granted, now the Cubs are the second worst of the five on the road. But, yes, they're actually worse than the Pittsburgh Pirates. Just wrap your head around that really quick. But, you know, at home... St. Louis is 46 and 26. The Cubs are 47 and 24. Milwaukee's 43 and 31. Cincinnati's 40 and 35. So a team that's way under 500 is above 500 at home. And Pittsburgh's 31 and 41. Whatever. We don't care about Pittsburgh. But on the road, the Cardinals are a game under 500. They're 35 and 36. Cubs are awful on the road. They're 29 and 42 after today. Milwaukee's brutal on the road. They're 31 and 37. Cincinnati's 27 and 42 on the road only team in the division that's worse than the Cubs, only team I think in the NL that's worse than the Cubs on the road is the Marlins and now Cincinnati. And thankfully Colorado has gotten worse on the road. So when we are no longer the worst NL team on the road, which is amazing. And Pittsburgh's 31 and 40 on the road. So they're literally identical at home in a way. It doesn't matter where they are. They're just bad. But the Cubs have now four games against the Padres who May I remind you, are 10 games out, uh, or yeah, 10 games out of the wild card, 25 and a half games officially out of the NL West. They are eliminated. They're done. They pretty much can't do anything at this point. They're 66 and 76. You know, Fernando Tatis is hurt the rest of the year. Really, the only star they have in their lineup, in my opinion, right now is uh, Manny Machado. These are four big games for the Cubs where they can do a lot of damage now. I mean a lot of damage. They can get four wins. Even if they can get three wins, I would be happy with three wins against the Padres. But they need to take advantage of this series in San Diego. Do something on the road. Because then you can come home and you can continue that that home just dominance that you've had all season and beat up on Cincinnati and Pittsburgh and then go out and try and take three or four or all four from the Cardinals. Take advantage of these those 10 home games in a row. Then you got an off day. Then you recruit. Then you mentally just breathe and get after it because then you got six games on the road to end the year. The Padres are just, or excuse me, the Pirates in general are just not good at home. They're a bad team in general. That should be three wins for the Cubs. St. Louis is very good at home. Realistically, though, the Cubs probably still need to take two or three out of, out of that series just with how good the Cardinals have been playing. Gonna be tough, ladies and gentlemen. And it's it's not like, you know, the Cubs are just sitting there willy-nilly too in the wild card and, and don't have to worry about anybody. After today's game, they're three games back of Washington, because Washington um 
they did win today, but they're three games out of Washington right now. But Arizona's a game and a half out. Milwaukee's two out. Philadelphia's two out. The Mets are four out. You have four teams nipping at the Cubs' heels right now. I mean, realistically, Cincinnati, San Francisco, San Diego, Pittsburgh, Colorado aren't going to catch them. Colorado's eliminated in three from the wild card. Six for Pittsburgh. Eleven for San Diego still. Ten for Cincinnati still. Thirteen for the Giants still. But realistically, none of those teams are catching them. Marlins are already done. The Marlins are garbage. But four legitimate teams that can catch the Cubs for that second wild card spot. So they need to play really good baseball from here on out. And that's just a fact. Joe needs to play the best nine players he can every single day. I don't know what Addison Russell is going to do. So let's just let's just assume that maybe at least one or two games in San Diego, Bodie is going to have have to have to have to play um, shortstop. He's just going to have to until Russell's ready. But Zobers should be at second. Contreras should be catching, and I don't mind Caratini catching. I like Caratini. I get Contreras needs to rest his knees, and he's still. You know, they don't want to get him, you know, he doesn't need to be re-injured. I agree. But he needs to play as often as he possibly can. So it's him and Caratini catching. That's fine. Bryant needs to be playing third base. I get that you want to give him time, but Bryant needs to be at third. Rizzo needs to be at first. Castellanos needs to be in right field. Hayward needs to be in center. Elmore should not be playing center field. He played in, in yesterday's game. He should not be playing center field anymore. Let him come in and pinch run when he needs to, and that's that's the only time he should be used, in my opinion. Let Hayward play center field every day. I know he's not a perfect center fielder, but he's our best option that we have right now. And Kyle Schwarber needs to be playing in left. I know he's not the best defensive left fielder, but guess what? He's one of the best bats on the team, and he needs to be in the lineup every day. That should be your nine. And they need to start getting more out of Lester and Hamels. I'm sorry. I know these guys are ages probably catching up with them. You know, the wear and tear is catching up with them, but they need need to at least be able to give the Cubs six decent innings. I, hell, at this point, I'd be happy with five decent innings and let the bullpen do what they need to do. The bullpen's been fine overall, truthfully. They've really evened out. Now it's been the starting. Early on in the season, the starting was great. The bullpen was the problem. Now it's flip-flopped. You know, two-fifths of your rotation, you, you don't know what you're going to get out of them every day. Oh, it's just it's just maddening, ladies and gentlemen. It really is. But we 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 need to pick games, and you need to pick games as well. And I want to tell you that you can pick games every single day and win gift cards. And how you're going to do that, you might ask. Well, you're going to do that with our friends at Second City Picks. All right. So Second City Picks are our our great friends here at OnTap Sportsnet, and they allow you every day to pick a game in Chicago sports. It varies. Well, today was not Chicago sports, so I guess I digress. Sometimes when you know the Bears aren't playing on Sundays and you want to switch it up, it is the first NFL Sunday officially of the year, so I get it. They picked the Vikings game today. Whatever. That's fine. I didn't care who won, as long as I could win a gift card. I don't think I did, but that's okay. But every single day, you can pick a game and you can win prizes. So here's how you're going to do it, all right? For those of you that don't have Twitter, just bear with me here for a couple seconds. You'll we'll, we'll get to where you can join this, this how to do this. All right, you're gonna go on Twitter, ladies and gentlemen, and find our friends 
They are at Second City Picks. Make out, make sure you spell out that word second. It's going to be on a t-shirt one day. Make sure you spell out that word second, because you should. When you find them, you're going to find their tweet or tweets for the day. They're, they're very good about doing at least two to three tweets for the day, whatever the game is. And you're going to find out what, what game you're picking, you know. Um, you know, sometimes it's, you know, pick uh, the Cubs, you know, total runs for the day or uh, pick, you know, combined runs for the two teams playing in one of the two baseball games for south side or north side. Um, you know, pick Bears total points. Pick, uh, you know, Northwestern total points, Illini total points, whatever it might be. Um, you're going to go ahead and pick that. And keep an eye on the criteria for football games, for example. you If you're picking that the Illini, for example, are going to score 21 points, you want to pick the number one. You're always picking the last digit of the number, which actually bodes well for you because 21 and 31 are both winners, for example, very common football scores. 24 and 14 are winners for you. 7, 17, 27 are all winners for you. So you see the pattern. You see how this works. Then you're going to pick their tiebreaker question because, let's be honest, there's a good chance somebody else might pick the same thing as you for your original answer. So you're going to go ahead and pick that tiebreaker. Sometimes it's uh, passing yards if it's a football game. Sometimes it's total team pitches if it's a baseball game. Sometimes it's total team hits if it's a baseball game. It all depends. And I can't wait to see what they do with Blackhawks and, and Bulls. Hey, Second City Picks, just as a recommendation maybe for, for Blackhawks, pick you know, number of goals scored, I feel like that's an obvious one. But then you could do shots on goal as a tiebreaker. I feel like that's a really good tiebreaker question. Anyway, I'm trying not to get too much on the hockey just yet, but it is around the corner. Oh, can't wait. So once once you've done that, then you want to make sure you give them an email address. And um, then you're going to hit submit. It's that simple, ladies and gentlemen. It takes about 25 to 30 seconds of your day, and it's absolutely free to you to pick. And if you win, you can win a pretty sweet gift card. They've had gift cards for Lyft. Potbelly, Chipotle, Epic Burger, Jake Melnick's, Union Pizzeria, Connie, Connie's Pizza, you name it, way back, Pequod's Pizza, you name it, they've got it. And they're going to just continue to find great gift cards. The gift cards typically range anywhere between $10 and $25, depending on the day, depending on the, the, um, the restaurant or service or whatever it is. And if you win, you get it. It just costs you 25 to 30 seconds of your day. So make sure you're going and picking with our friends every single day. They are at tw on Twitter, at Second City Picks. And for those of you, I just realized, I never told you, if you don't have a Twitter, you can pick with them every day at www.secondcitypicks.com, which they also will always include in their tweets with the information to pick for the day. So make sure you keep that in mind. So thank you so, so, so very much to our friends at Second City Picks, our ONTAP Sportsnet sponsor. Now, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to look forward. We finally get to play somebody else that's not an NL Central team for the last time in 2019. I'm just thankful that I get to talk about a team other than the Brewers, the Reds, the Pirates, or the Cardinals. Because I'm going to be talking a lot about the Pirates, the Reds, and the Cardinals, um, you know, starting pretty much Friday of this coming week. Um... So, the Cubs will be visiting the San Diego Padres um, on September 9th. It is Monday. It is a 10-10 Eastern Standard Time first pitch. That is PM, ladies and gentlemen. Those lovely late, late Coast, West Coast games. 9-10 um, for those in the Chicagoland area in the Central Time Zone. 
uh, for our buddy Nick Hudson out on, uh, on the West Coast. This is a perfect time for you, my guy. This is a 7-10 start. This is probably the only time you actually get a normal starting game for the Cubs pretty much all season is when they visit the West Coast. The game will be played at Petco, beautiful Petco Park, might I add, in San Diego, California. Uh, it is right in the heart of the city. If you've never been to San Diego, this is just, it's a city that you should go. Go next season when the Cubs play out there. It's absolutely beautiful. The ballpark is beautiful. I, I'm, I'm a big fan of, of you guys going out there, and the weather's perfect. So if you can't beat it, and you get to go watch the Cubs play, sign me up. The Cubs, uh, you can listen to them on 670 The Score. Or you can watch them, for those in the Chicagoland area, on WGN, which could be a lot of people outside of the uh, Chicagoland area as well. And then the San Diego Padres uh, are on Fox Sports San Diego, or Fox Deportes San Diego. Uh, and then you can find them on the radio um, if we have any West Coast uh, Cubs fans that are listening to this. Um, the Padres Radio Network, which is KWFN 97.3 or XEMO 860. The Cubs are trotting out the professor. Kyle Hendricks um, will be pitching tomorrow for your Chicago Cubs. The right-hander is 9-9 nine and nine on the season with a 339 ERA and 132 strikeouts. He took a no decision versus Seattle last Monday after allowing only one run over six innings. Had the seven strikeouts and just one walk. It's really nice, actually. He's not great on the road. Four and seven with a 5.20 ERA. He's really good at home though with a five and two record and a 177 ERA. So hopefully in that series, you know, I'm sure we'll see him. Hopefully in that Cardinals series, that'd be really nice with that 177 ERA. Um, but we'll have to see what happens. Hopefully he can dial it in and get his fifth road win of the season tomorrow. Um, and give the Cubs a first win on this four-game uh, road trip that they have against the San Diego Padres. Really, it's game five of the road trip, uh, if you include the Milwaukee series. Cal Quantrill is the starting pitcher for the San Diego Padres. The right-hander is 6-6 six and six on the season with a 4.57 ERA and 75 Ks. He allowed eight earned runs in his first second half. Oh, wow. Okay. So Quantrill has only allowed eight earned runs total in his first seven second half starts. Oh, that was what he did originally. Now he has allowed eight earned runs apiece in each of his last two outings. I'm hoping that means that the Cubs can light him up tomorrow. Um, in fairness, Petco Park, not a great hitter's park, admittedly. It's definitely more of a pitcher's park. Um, but we'll have to see what happens. Uh, Quantrill, his last time, um, was actually really good against this Cubs, this last time he's really ever pitched, I think, against this Cubs team. Um, just about everybody on the roster is 0 for, except for Anthony Rizzo. He's 1 for 2. Everybody else is either 0 for 2 or 0 for 1. That has actually has actually seen him. Um, Tony Kemp, Jonathan Lucroy, Addison Russell, Ben Zobrist, Wilson Contreras, Nicholas Castellanos, Ian Happ, and David Bodie have never seen him before. Um, but Elmora, Baez, Bryant, Caratini... Descalso, Garcia, Hayward, Riz, and Schwarber have all seen Quantrill. So uh, my fly the W pick for tomorrow's game, I'm going to go ahead. Oh, this is a tough one. See, because I think today Jason Hayward would have really been the fly the W player of the game with, you know, a double and a two-run home run. He looked really good today at the plate, which has been admittedly a little rare this season. Um... But I really, I'm just, I. they need a huge game, in my opinion, from Wilson Contreras tomorrow. So I think 
Uh, he's going to be my guy. I wouldn't hate to see a Kyle Schwarber also be a fly the W candidate. Uh, I think he has a good opportunity, but I'm going to go ahead and pick Wilson Contreras for tomorrow. I think that fire and that energy is really going to spark this Cubs team in, in the San Diego series, hopefully. Um, and then they can carry that momentum when they return to Wrigley. Um, it's, it's always a pain coming back from the West coast. So keep an eye on Friday's game because they play an early game in San Diego and then they pretty much fly directly home. And then I think they play a three o'clock game on Friday against Pittsburgh. So at least it's a little delayed to counter them, you know, coming back all the way from the West coast. Um, but hopefully, you know, they're professionals, they'll be able to adapt, but, um, it's certainly not ideal. So that is my pick. Uh, Wilson Contreras tomorrow against the Padres, and I think the Cubs get this one done. Let's be honest, ladies and gentlemen, they don't have a choice. They need to get this one done. Um, so hopefully they get this first game in San Diego, take that early lead in the series against San Diego, and then they can use that momentum to hopefully win the series in San Diego and maybe make up some ground on the Cardinals, who now have a four-and-a-half game lead on the Cubs, which is just... We won't even get into that right now. So, ah, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. I, I had to breathe out all the angst and emotion and anger that I have toward this Cubs team right now. Admittedly, I'm very frustrated as a fan, um, but it's all out of passion. It really is. So hopefully um, the Cubs can win tomorrow and ease my, uh, ease my anger a little bit. So... I want to remind you all that this episode of Cubs on Tap and the show in general is brought to you by the On Tap Sports Network. We are the best location for all of your literature and podcasting needs, wants, and desires about all your favorite Chicago sports teams. We have great Chicago Cubs coverage, which you're listening to right now. We have fantastic Blackhawks, Bulls, and Bears coverages as well. And ladies and gentlemen, let's be honest, Cubs fans, we all have a friend that roots for the White Sox. I just went to a baseball game with him today. Direct them over to us as well. We have, in my opinion, the best White Sox coverage that you're going to find in the Chicagoland market. Our guys Buzz, Tony, and Johnny Nani do an absolutely phenomenal job on the south side as well as guys like Andrew Kinsler and so many more. And uh, you can find us on the interwebs at www.ontapsportsnet.com. You can also find us on social media, that is Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, at ontapsportsnet. The ONTAP Sports Network, go ahead and check out what's on tap in Chicago sports. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening along today. I hope you uh, enjoyed this episode. It was a very passion-filled episode, in my opinion. Um, but go ahead and, and tweet me. You can find me on Twitter. Uh, I'll be tagged in the tweet from um, our Cubs on Tap account. Our Cubs on Tap account on Twitter is at Cubbies, C-U-B-B-I-E-S, on tap. Um you know, go ahead and, and, and just tweet me what you think about John Lester, you know, what you think about this team going forward. Tell me if I'm a buffoon and you think the Cubs are going to make the playoffs. I'll happily go back and forth with you. I'll do my absolute best not to come off as snapping back and getting sassy because I don't like people that do that on, on social media. Um, but let's have an honest conversation. I, I, I'm legitimately curious to know what others are thinking, especially those that listen to us uh, here at Cubs on Tap. So, Thank you, thank you, thank you for listening along um, with me on my solo mission for uh, September 8th. And I hope the Cubs win tomorrow on the 9th because uh, the 8th was not fun. So 
Um, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, uh, once again, just wanted to thank you for joining along and say the magic words. Let's go Cubbies. <laughs>